here again steve's back from the beach you are in your house this time i am right? back in the official triple b studio triple b studio triple b we've got bentley butler and bull the triple b i studio. hate it i hate it so much okay never mind no i like it it's, it's good it's good we'll we'll work on it we'll work yeah, on no, it. um glad to see you're here with us uh this is the stuff summer says podcast with steve with steve the triple B, the triple B broadcasting booth. So that would be like the, the five, the quad or the penta. If we could find, and if we could find triple B auto records or somebody to be sponsors or something, right? Like triple B auto salary, I'm, triple B ice cream. I don't know. Is there something with triple Bs? I'll Google while we're talking. Maybe a credit rating. I, I forget. Oh, the Better um, Business Bureau. There we go. Oh, there we go. The Better Business. The yes. preferred podcast of the Better Business Bureau. There yes. you go. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, God. This show's already off the rails. Um, we're gonna bring it back on the rails because we are joined. We, we are joined by not one but two guests this time uh, for a very specific reason. The new PA announcers of Beaver Stadium are joining us: Rodney Martin and Joe Putnam, um, two of the nicest people on the planet, two of the uh, prettiest voices I I, I know. Um, truly, nothing gets me more pumped up than a Rodney. We are call. I, I discussed that with him briefly on the on our chat. Um, after that conversation, we do have some media media day uh, recapping to do, and then uh, I don't know if you heard, Steve. There was a little bit of realignment news. We'll probably get to that. Might get might, in the last might, five minutes. Me? Uh, it, it, actually, there was <laughs> within the last five minutes, and that's not a joke. Um, so, um, yeah, go ahead and take a listen to our interview with Rodney and Joe. Thank you to them for joining, and uh, we'll be back after this. Steve, I think this is a, a record, a historic episode of the podcast. Um, for the first time ever, we are joined by not one, but two guests. And there's a reason for that. This is, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. This is great. I, I'm very excited. We have Joe Putnam from the State College Spikes and Penn State Women's Basketball and Rodney Martin, who is rocking his shorter hair for the summer, he says. But also the one of the voices, I guess the voice of Pagula Ice Arena would be the correct way to say that, because we, we don't want to offend our dear friend Brian Tripp, who is also a voice of, of Penn State hockey, so to speak. Guys, how are you? Doing well. How are you all doing? Doing very well. Very well. September 2nd cannot come soon, soon enough for Rodney and I. Well, that is exactly why you guys are here. We are here to discuss kind of the, the big news, uh, at least in the Penn State sports media world, in my opinion. Uh, you two will be taking over the PA addressing roles. Um, and I think we will start with the obvious question of how the hell is this going to work? <laughs> we'll tell you on September 3rd. How's that? <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Well, you know, with Rodney and myself, uh, we are teaming up. I was going to joke that we uh, we're going to thumb wrestle two out of three falls for it, but no, we'll be <laughs> we'll be alternating throughout the games. Um, you'll hear me primarily uh, pregame, halftime, postgame, and sort of the in between moments, and you'll hear Rodney primarily on game action, uh, filling Beaver Stadium as he does at Pagula Ice Arena at Medler Field at LeBron Park and so many other places here at Penn State. Rodney, let's uh, start there. You 
don't necessarily have the background that Joe has, um, so to speak. But what was it like? What is the process like for you to kind of get this gig? Um, and and kind of how did that how, how did you become a PA announcer? Let's start there. I know the story, but how did you become a PA announcer? Let's go back in time. Right. So, um, well, we had to go back even further, even before I got here. My older brother, my, my, I'm the youngest of four. So my, my oldest brother, he's a big time into radio uh, production program and all that. And I kind of had an interest and in I wanted to be like my big brother. And then the one piece of advice that he gave me was, he goes, Rodney, if you ever get into radio, I'll kill you. So, but I still wanted to get kind of do the broadcasting and production thing. So that's um, coming fast forward to when I first got to Penn State, uh, got, I went to pay for my first club hockey game. And then I got involved in hockey management uh, the very next day and uh, started doing, you know, started with like kind of the menial stuff. And then I eventually worked up to being like the, like the DJ and statistician. And then the, the the gentleman who had been announcing graduated, so we needed a new announcer. Well, this one guy stepped in. He says, "I want to do it." Well, he did the blue white game, uh, you know, the inter squad scrimmage to start the season. And uh, the coach at the time, Coach Joe Batista, said, "Oh, he wasn't. You know, he he kind of fumbled his words and wasn't very wasn't very articulate and projecting." He said, "We need somebody else in there." I say, "Oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot." And 24 years later, here I am. So, and you have been the the voice of Pagula, as as I said, pretty much. Well, not even pretty much since day one. Um, Joe, for you, you have been you know involved with the Lady Lions primarily. I think that is the most public facing role, unless you go to Spikes games that that a lot of people know you for. Um, but what is it about this opportunity that that kind of got you excited, and 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 why branch out a little bit, I guess, so to speak? Well, there's really, you know, there's so many great roles within Penn State Athletics, so many great sports, so many championships have been won, but there's really only one role where you're part of the greatest show in college football. There's only one role where you are there at Beaver Stadium with 108,000 people, uh, and that's this one. And, um, you know, I going through the process and, and then learning that I would share it with Rodney uh, was a thrill for me because there's no one I'd rather be teamed up with than Rodney Martin for this. Uh, it, it really is um, a special thing, I think, for Happy Valley, but also, you know, folks know Penn State football, not only nationwide, but worldwide. And uh, there's a lot of attention to it. And so really, this is a, a unique position um, that only a, a very few uh, can have. And uh, for Rodney and I to to be able to do this, to be you know, one of the voices or two of the voices uh, among the 108,000, but two important voices that are heard above the din uh, more often than not, then uh, it's a very special opportunity. We get the chance to be part of some special moments at Beaver Stadium. We get the chance to just share that experience with the fans and play our own small part in the atmosphere uh, of the place and, and keeping fans every who are there every football Saturday, um, you know, on the edge of their seats, entertained, um, excited, hopeful, uh, whatever the, whatever the situation calls for there. So I think that um, Rodney and I are both very excited for that opportunity. And also just the fact that, that now we're part of that atmosphere uh, that can be a help 
to a Penn State football team. I mean, you witness the whiteouts. Uh, you witness the uh, Michigan having to call timeout on the very first play of the game, you know, and being not that the announcers generally play a role, but being part of cultivating that atmosphere, uh, I think, is very special and, and something that uh, I know I'm looking forward to. I know Rodney's looking forward to. Uh, it, and that's really how I can sum it all up is just special. Um, that's what this is for both of us. Most casual fans probably found out two weeks or so ago when Ben Jones writes the story and, and breaks the story. Obviously, you guys knew beforehand. How far before that did you know? And then for each of you, who did you tell first? <laughs> um, we definitely knew ahead of time. Uh, for me, uh, actually, the, the first people that I told because they were – in the room when I received the call were Scott Walker and Dan Petrozola over here at the Spikes. Uh, I told my mom, my mom said, if you hear anything, I got to be the first one. And I got to admit to mom, sorry, you weren't number one, but you were very close to the top of the list. But she, I did tell her that. And I think she's okay with it, you know, um, but she's, she's very proud, but everybody over here at the Spikes has been nothing but supportive of, uh, about it. They're very excited. Uh, mm-hmm. Some, in some cases, they might be more excited than I am uh, just to be able to, um, you know, say that, Hey, there's in, in somebody we know there, but not just that, but then to hear it's both me and Rodney who are both here at the spikes. I think that really uh, is exciting for Scott, for Dan, uh, for Matt Neary, for Rob DeLusa, for everybody over here um, to know that the public address voice of spikes games and one of the prominent other prominent voices of spikes games uh, and faces in some cases uh, uh, for spikes games uh, will be, uh, you know, over at the microphones at Beaver stadium. Yeah, I had a, almost an almost an identical situation. I I came out of my office and I uh, got a, had a text, and they said, "Oh, we're calling you about. Can you you know? I want to call you about football." And uh, I had uh, told a few people in my close office ahead of time that I was being considered, and then uh, they keep asking, "When are you going to hear? When are you going to hear?" And then I I got on the call, and they're walking out to go get coffee, and I just kind of tap them on the shoulder, and I was like, "Hey, thumbs up! Yeah, I got the job." And so. And, and, and then again, it, Joe was saying with his mom had to, wanted to be the first one to know my wife wanted to be the first one to know. And I had said, sorry, honey, you know, Dennis and <laughs> Dennis and, and Ed heard first. So I'm, I apologize. It's only because they were there when I got the call. So yeah, this, I mean this, but this process, I can't even remember when, how long, how long it's been because it's the summer has been such a blur, especially since we found out it. And I mean, I'll echo Joe's sentiments. I ain't, like I said, I was kind of like here, like this is when I was nervous here, maybe 50% and excited here, 50%. But now I'm kind of getting more like, okay, I'm getting a lot more excited and nervous, especially since we've been having our weekly meetings with uh, Guido and uh, Data Kraus to go over uh, kind of what he envisions, how we want to have this, uh, how we want to have the, the whole show run. Um, but yeah, I'm getting more excited. And, um, and we joked with Dana today on the call. It's like, all three of us, so Guido, myself, and Joe, we're saying, like, yeah, we're ready for September 2nd. I said, I'm almost there. I'll get there soon. And Dana's like, yeah, you're the only ones. We are so not ready for September 2nd. <laughs> There's a lot to do. There's a lot you know, to do. More, I mean, they, I mean, obviously, like you said, it is the biggest show on campus. It is one of the biggest shows in the country, and there is so much to go into it. I can't even I can't even put, a, put my, my mind around it. So, yeah, just because we're ready. There's a lot more to do. So <laughs> what was the uh, what was the process like? Did you try out? Did you do mic checks at the stadium? What what did it 
what did it look like for you guys? So, so initially, I mean, they came back and they said, yeah, we're, we're going to go with a two announcer system. Um, I think that was the first thing. And I was asked to, uh, and I don't know if this, if this, I think it's pretty similar for Joe too. I was asked to submit an audition tape. They're saying like, take a game from last year and, you know, submit an, submit a audition tape of how you would call the game. Like, how would you do down and distance? And then that went through several iterations, um, uh, actually three different auditions that I did. And then finally, when we kind of got there for a while, it was Joe and I going up against each other. We were going for the same job because, and then, um, you know, we all know what happened this summer. And it just happened to be that Joe and I, but like, I think I went in for my mic check in the stadium. They wanted to hear how I sounded. And as I'm leaving, I hear Mr. Putnam over the PA. I'm like, oh man, you sound great. I said, I, let's do this, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, and I think, I think Rodney, it's the same for you. That's how I found out that you were in the process because I heard you when I was coming into the stadium and then you heard me when you were leaving the stadium. And yeah, we texted and definitely wanted to wish each other the best of luck. And uh, thankfully it, it's panned out to where we, we both can uh, be a part of this. So, uh, but, but we definitely, yeah, all the above, same as Rodney, uh, auditions, recorded and then live in the stadium and then you know moving forward from there we both got the call so um it was it was i don't want to say it was a quick process uh because you know to us it felt like forever but uh at the same time i think uh you know we were we were both anxiously awaiting uh the conclusion and, and thankfully we we both got good news and we're both primed up like uh rodney said we've been uh, meeting up uh weekly with Guido D'Elia and uh, Dana Kraus and going over how we'll uh, fit into the show this year. And uh, we're looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of great things. Interesting. One interesting side note, I should say, it's like I initially, uh, so like I initially got the word about, you know, they want to do this and, and but I didn't find out. I missed, I missed, I don't want to like bash any cell phone provider, but I had actually missed <laughs> like two voicemails from Guido and he was almost ready to move on. Say like, I don't know that Rodney really wants this. I did not get his voicemails. And then finally Dana said, have you been, have you been getting voicemails from Guido? I'm like, no. She's like, you really need to call him. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, my, my question is for Rodney, I think primarily, Joe, most of your stuff will be, as I understand it, relatively scripted. You've got pregame, which is, is pretty standard, halftime, pretty standard, ad reads, pretty standards. Rodney, you, your stuff won't probably be scripted for the most part if you're doing down and distance. Number one, um, how you are, are you a football guy? Um, and don't, don't, you know, especially now. And then secondly, how is that different from hockey? Because you're going to have to go quick as opposed to hockey, where it's you, you can have a few seconds to collect the information, write it down. I know you've got a little form sheet that sometimes you fill out, um, things like that. So how will this be different kind of from hockey, I guess, primarily? Well, right now, I'm definitely a football guy. I mean, even though I'm wearing hockey swag, um, I'm definitely a football guy. Um, I never thought that this I would have this opportunity to do it, so maybe that I, maybe I gave off that, you know, that vibe that I wasn't, but I'm absolutely a football guy. So if I'm not at Pagula, I'm always tuning in, but as far as, uh, yeah, the way it goes, I mean, obviously it is a lot quicker, so we will have, and just like they had in previous years, you have spotters, right? So 
one for offense, one for defense. Um, starting to learn the name, you know, try to memorize the names and numbers. I'm still, I mean, I have a flashcard app on my phone that has the number and then on the other side, the pronunciation. So hopefully it'll become just like second nature, you know, it'll be like, okay, boom and boom. And this is, a, and then get the, the, the proper pronunciation, but it's, it's going to mainly fall on the spotters helping me out. It's like, okay, who was that? I couldn't quite see that number. Um, but yeah, that's, and as I, even with hockey, I mean, we do have a pretty quick turnaround. John Hanna is amazing. Uh, he relays that information up to us for the men's games. We get, I mean, we do goals assists pretty quickly, but yeah, you're right. It's more and much more instantaneous uh, at football. So like I said, we're going to have to see how they, that's still the part of that nervous part of it. And I just want to make sure that I don't miss something on that first day because 6,000 in Pagula, 108,000 in, in Beaver Stadium. You know, it's, it's a small difference. But. Well, in terms of those numbers of people, there, I guess I'm curious because you guys are both new to this this year and, and, and the process, right, with Dana and Guido and people talk about the show. And I think the casual fan, not that they're listening to this, but maybe they'll, tune, you know, don't appreciate how much of a plan there is and how much what they're supposed what's supposed to happen and how they how they hope it to happen. I'm curious, seeing it for the first time as you do, what should people's expectations be of, I don't know if perfection is the right word, or, or for it to move smoothly, right? Because the plan is for that stuff to happen, but life happens while that's happening too. And you're trying to get this read in and know you're going to acknowledge this thing for the next event that's coming. So as you see all that's into it and have experienced it before as a fan, perhaps, what should people's expectations be for that show in terms of smoothness and run, like? What are you seeing and what do you think people should expect from that? Well, you know, the first game, uh, nighttime, September 2nd, West Virginia, primetime, NBC. Um, you know, it's it's we're coming out um, with our best, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I think that this two announcers setup, I think, will help uh, make it a little make it seamless or at least as seamless as it can be, um, because I'll be focused on one part of the action while Rodney's going and then Rodney will be focused on another part of the action while I'm going. So it enables us to both, you know, kind of focus on the task at hand and get everything teed up to, to where it needs to be. Um, and, and I think the, the onus is on, you know, everybody within uh, marketing, within production uh, to, to be at their top at the top of their game right from the get-go because that stadium is going to be filled up. We're given the be the best show, the greatest show in college football. We're making this the most intimidating atmosphere to play in like it was uh, named as uh, at Big Ten Media Days. Uh, so with all that, you know, it, it the the goal is to put that together and have it all go, you know, uh, right as it's supposed to go all the way through and, and have that maybe not the perfect game, but certainly mm -hmm. one uh, that, that's extremely memorable and that uh, it lives up to be the being the greatest show in college football. I mean, it, it, and and like I, I mentioned earlier, we've been having, you know, like weekly tag ups mm -hmm. to try and go over. Um, you know, we would actually watch game film. It's like, okay, how would we call this? And um, so, I mean, but it's just like practice. You only do so many reps in practice. There's nothing like, you know, game reps, right? So, I mean, like, like, and just said, we're going to, you know, give it our, give it our best. And I think we got a pretty good handle on how, on how the show is going to run. We still have, you know, a couple weeks left and we have, um, you know, we'll have dry runs that I think that week, Yep. The week of the game, we have will be there Wednesday, we'll be there Friday. Uh, so just making sure that the 
if there's any other kinks that need to get worked out, we can, we'll be all set. I mean, heck, they're still, they're still tearing down walls in the, in the stadium to get us all together. <laughs> in the one neither, booth. neither one of you has a finger on the lion's roar. Is that somebody else? Oh, that's totally someone else. Okay. That, that, is, that is somebody else, but we, we, I think we, I think we know who it's going to be. <laughs> I think it's somebody familiar to both of us. So Yes. Rodney, uh, I want to ask you specifically because I think people really associate you with so much with Penn State hockey. You are not giving up Penn State hockey. That that is still part of your primary action. This is just something else, correct? That is, that is absolutely part of my part of okay. part of my yes. I Thank God. Hockey. I will not be giving <laughs> up wrestling. You know, I joke around. I said if they would have made me quit that, if they would have made, if they would have said no, you have to give that up. I would have to really take pause. No matter how great this job is, I mean, Pagula is just—I—it's—it's it's a drug for me. I could ha- be having the worst day, but if I come in there and we do the starting lineups, we get the hold, the roar zone gets going. And even now, I'm just getting like you know chill bumps thinking about it. So, still doing hockey. Okay, good, good. Joe, for you two, you know, you guys work together at the spikes at spikes games. Do you think that chemistry is going to translate over across the street? Absolutely. 110%. Um, you know, Rodney and I, and it's not just when we're on the microphones, it's off microphones, uh, uh, just being up here in the press box, uh, night in, night out. Uh, I, I think that we kind of know where we are, where we're at. Um, and with, you know, the folks like Dana and Rebecca Plesha up in upstairs working with us as well. I, I think it's going to be a, a finely tuned machine. And, and I think being over here at the Spikes, too, um, you know, we we're, we're coming at it from a show perspective as well. You know, at the Spikes, we want to give everybody fun, affordable family entertainment every single night, give them uh, memories to last a lifetime. And it's it's a little bit different for Penn State football. There's only one game a week and it's only on Saturdays and there's only seven of them. Uh, but as 108,000 people, you know, as opposed to three, four, five, six thousand people at a spikes game. Um, but at the same time, I think that that working together over here, we kind of know, OK, it, in terms of getting ready for this event, for this game, for this read, whatever it may be, you know, we kind of have that. Um, chemistry already in place. That's good. Rodney, you mentioned your brother in radio and Joe broadcasting has always going to be the career my sense is. And that was the school was. I'm curious for both of you, who are the influences or who are the announcing voices in your head that growing up, you thought that's, that sounds like someday, maybe, you know, who, who are those people for you guys? Well, I don't, I don't know if I should admit this, but I am, I am a Flyers fan. So Lou Nolan has, has been, I, I've loved listening to him and the fact that he's been doing it for 50 years. It's just like, this finds me, it just, it just blows my mind. Um, but I, and I joke with, uh, with, with Joe and with uh, John Foreman, who is, who is the producer at, uh, um, at the Spikes. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't just sit and enjoy a game. Like I, like we went down to Winston-Salem I caught a dash, you know, we went and saw the Woodson Salem dash high A for the Chicago White Sox. I'm watching the game, but I'm also like, well, what are they producing? What's their video board? How's their announcer sound? So I, you get the bug and I can, I can never just sit and relax. I'm always listening um, for influences. It's like, oh, hey, that sounds really cool. Can I incorporate that? Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing, but I would say most, I, Lunal, I did, he 
he, the guy is, is amazing at what he does. So. I, my influences all obviously are more from a, a broadcasting perspective. Um, but, I, you know, some some folks, I mean, Bob Wallace was the PA announcer at Belfont Area High School when I was growing up. And, and listening to him, I thought that's what a public address announcer should be. Uh, and then coming here, um, you know, there's so many great voices that have been on here throughout the years. Um, but then from another perspective, you know, as a PA announcer is sort of the, you know, the host, so to speak, actually it, it my, I have some interesting influences like Howard Finkel, you know, from WWE for, for so many decades or, or somebody like Rod Roddy on the price is right. You know, it, it, you're all, you're, you're trying to cultivate and, and um, you know, deliver information, um, as succinctly and as accurately as possible, but at the same time, you're trying to cultivate a great atmosphere wherever you're at, or at least that's my philosophy. So, you know, you throw, you throw all those together in a blender and, and that's, and a little bit of me as well. And that's what spits out. Nice. Nice. This is, go ahead, Steve. This is the smallest town in America. I mean, state college, I mean, for somebody who's been around this place for 35 years, just myself and does not have the connections you have, but am interested in this industry. I'm just curious, have you heard from your predecessor, the predecessor at all? Like after it, like, I mean, this was the biggest news of football in the off season. I'm just curious if, if you've heard anything. Like we reached out to say, hey, do you want to talk with us? And nobody wants to talk with us except you guys. So thank you very much. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm curious if you guys have heard at all from Dean in any way, shape or form. And I'm sorry, I'm just curious. No, I I had uh, I posted the, uh, the Ben's article on Facebook and he did, reach out to me and um i mean even prior to that when we uh we had the ncaa men's gymnastics here the 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 championships and it was it was a three-headed monster on the on the mic it was dean myself and uh, jeff brown um and dean and i got to talk on thursday the thursday of that was kind of like the the, the warm-up day for them and i went up there just kind of get a sense of it and he had talked to me about, well, you know, they're considering, you know, making a change. We're going to do, I was like, yeah. And I told him, I said, I'm auditioning. And he was saying, oh, I hope you get it. He goes, I'm glad um, they're considering you. Um, but uh, but after, after, like, after all, all this happened, I mean, he still reached out and, and said congratulations on, on on my post. So that's cool. Although that was very big of him to do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool of him. Um, I think the last thing that I, I want to ask about is, is Rodney, for me, uh, the main thing that I associate you with is uh, outside of your luscious hair, of course, um, is, is your, is your trademark. We are. Um, and I think that personal touch really kind of shines through for you um, at Pagula for both of you guys. Number one, Rodney directly, are you going to bring the, we are, around the corner, I guess, so to speak. It, and then number two, how do you apply your personal touches of, of, you know, to this gig? Because that is also part of the energy that comes, comes with it. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, if, if it fits, if, if, if it fits in the scenario, um, it, 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 108,000 people, it's going to be kind of hard to hear the announcer try to initiate a, we are. Um, so I'm not sure that's going to happen. But as far as like personal touches go, I mean, it's, 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 it's basically going to be a lot more with the, uh, how you say, you know, third down, I, you know, and I know Dean had his, had a way of doing it. 
the certain inflection on the names, I guess it's a, that'll come with familiarity. You know, like that was the, in Pagula, my, one of my, you know, Luke Yuha, right? I mean, that's just, that's a name that just calls out to be just like, you stretch it out and it's just, yeah. So I, 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 I kind of, that, that's kind of like the fun, having fun and playing with, with the name. So absolutely, that's how I, I put my style on. Yeah, I mean, it's just moment to moment, you know, whatever the moment calls for. And and I think between Rodney and I, we have enough experience. We'll we'll call back to certain things that we've done over the years, but we're not going to be necessarily tied to them. It's just whatever serves the moment best. Awesome. Well, this has been a wonderful discussion. Congratulations on making Stuff Summer Says history by joining us <laughs> for our first dual interview. Get that um, there on the resume. Stuff yes. Summer Says history. Yeah, there you go. You know, I, I, that, that'll go right next to the fact that Kale Sanderson gave me, gave me a thumbs up one time. That's oh my God, that's that should be, yeah. That's... <laughs> we are going to use that on our promotional yeah. material. We are equal with the Kale Sanderson thumbs up. Yeah. We we do also, by the way, we have to get our tag team names together. We were discussing it. I said we'd be the best <laughs> team since the Mega Powers. But we still have yet to find what our what our tag team name is. So we are we are open to suggestions. Okay, we will we will solicit some for you. Yeah, I, and, and I'm a wrestling fan, but Joe's got me totally faded on that. <laughs> Don't even get him started. The only guys, one that doesn't get this is Darian. Like Darian's not. I'm, not I'm like a little wrestling guy. I'm sitting here thinking of Thunder and something else, or like the voices of God. Like I'm coming up with stuff, and Darian's like, "Oh my God, we're talking wrestling, right?" So this is. Oh great. yes. Uh, Merchants of vocals was something I kind of was like. That sounds that's, that's a good. That's a good. That is good. a good one. I like that one. That is a I good. Like one. I figured since we were a tag team, we had to have Express in our name, but we're still working <laughs> on it. Guys, this was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, this was. This well, thank was great. you so much. Thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it. Yeah, really. Thank you very much, and we're looking forward to it. Very excited about uh, you know being over at Beaver Stadium, one hundred eight thousand people, the greatest show in college football, and. Uh, being there for seven fall Saturdays this year. Steve, let me say, thank God that Rodney is still going to be the voice of Pagula Ice Arena because that is, that is Rodney. I'm, I'm very excited. Were you to worried? Really? I, I, well, you never know. I mean, he's moving up in the world. Clearly, if he's getting the Beaver Stadium gig. But it's a short commute from one job to the other. So That's true. Good. That's true. It's right across the street. Um, I am very interested to see how they bring their own personalities to Saturday afternoons inside Beaver Stadium. That to me is the most interesting aspect of uh, them taking over because they they have little things that they do. Whether you're at a, listening to the Spikes game or at a Spikes game or you know with Rodney at a hockey game for sure, um, you, you'll notice them. Maybe if you don't necessarily think about them, but if you just think about them for a second, you you would notice them. Um, and to me, that is why I'm so excited about them joining um, at Beaver Stadium. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I, I thought it was interesting when you heard it, right? Like we're just trying to do something to do something. But I think I think if they split up the duties, I think one of the things that str- that I struggled with at Beaver Stadium before was some of the reads were canned ahead of time, like some of those promotional and, and the mic levels were then off, right? And it just sounded bad because a live mic was different from the recorded stuff. So if they find a way to avoid that, I think that makes the broad that makes the game day presentation probably twenty percent better to start with, and. I think Joe will be fun, like in the, in the roles that he's got there. Like I, so I, I'm excited about it. I, yeah. I, I didn't know that I was, but I think I am after talking to him. No, I, I really am excited for them. And, you know, as I mentioned, two very deserving gentlemen, um, very, very thankful that they were able to join us uh, on the podcast. All right, Steve, let's, uh, let's move on. 
let's also talk about some football stuff. Uh, media day was Sunday. Um, I was seeing Barbie. Well, I was in the process of going to see Barbie. Um, and so I caught up today, uh, which is Monday. Um, and I have to say that it didn't seem like there was a lot to catch up on. I, I didn't think that there was a lot coming out of it. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not a good thing. I don't know. But I, I thought that was interesting. Really, the main news is that Smith Vilvert will be, will be out for the season, um, the defensive end. Um, but at a position that Penn State is pretty strong in with, um, you know, deny Dennis Sutton, Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson. You've got Amin Vanover in there. Um, so that's exciting to me. Um, unfortunate for Smith Filbert, though. Um, the main thing that you kind of kept hearing, and I, I watched both the or watched the Franklin interview press conference. I watched the um, Manny Diaz in Mike Yurcich press conferences as well. Was the depth um, that this team has, which is kind of a continuum over from from what Big Ten Media Days was all about. Um, that is helping me as a Penn State fan sleep better at night. I think that is I and I don't think they are blowing smoke, you know, up our asses on this one. I think it is it is really the staple of this team and why James Franklin has recruited the way he has for the last however many seasons. Yeah, it's the result of them recruiting how they have in the past couple of seasons, right? They 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 do have depth, you know, whatever he, you know, three deep and then he backed it off, okay, maybe two and a half deep at deep at spots, but that's still better than they've been before. They're they should Penn State should always out out talent people to win seven or eight games. I mean, I think they're always going to out talent people to win nine games. They're paying Coach Franklin to win three games a year. They're they're paying him to win Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. You know, and and that's the same this year going into it. I think there's reason to be optimistic that that can happen this year in in maybe all those instances. So yeah, and there wasn't a lot of news. I, I when I look at the stuff, I kind of look and see where people are zigging and zagging to try to find something that's readable or different. Right. And, and and there wasn't a lot. I mean, Mark Wogenrich did a thing about the visit to the Patriots, and I'm not sure if that came out of media day or if it was something he had been holding. And I and as I saw it in my timeline, I was just seeing it. You know, that was interesting because then you can say to the players, the coaches, hey, we're trying to better ourselves. What are you doing? Um, but, yeah, I think no news out of media day is good news for them. I mean, no crazy yeah. news. Yeah. And I and I don't know that I saw. I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that I didn't see anything, you know, anybody asking about majors or anything like that on my list of five questions. So, you know, I'm comfortable that I'm Steve. in the clubhouse with questions not asked. Yeah, a little upset there, Steve. A little upset yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I think the other big thing was that apparently Jackson Smolik is pretty good as well, which, again, goes back to the depth thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, no good. No news is good news. Um, I am. I think the main thing that I took away from the press conferences is how comfortable the coordinators are at Penn State now. Like you can really tell that they're hitting their groove and feel a lot more comfortable in the system. They don't have to necessarily prove that what they're worth um, is much. And now they can kind of worry about X's and O's. Um, so that was interesting to me. Um, I did think the thing about the both the retreats that Franklin is doing, um, which is I guess he's done that for the past couple of seasons, um, as well as the the Patriots thing was was interesting. I am now just thinking about this as we talk here, but you know who else is, is at Patriots camp? Well, there's there's three people at Patriots camp, but I'm really thinking of one of them, which is Bill O'Brien would love to be a fly on that wall because Franklin and, and Bill O'Brien worked together, I believe, way back in the day. Um, Maryland, yeah, yeah, Maryland. Um, but would have loved to just hear that conversation um, 
because I'm sure that was interesting. And then I think the, the funny part of that bit of the press conference was, um, of course, then Bill Belichick had James Franklin speak to that team at practice. And I don't know, that would that would throw me for a loop. Like, it doesn't seem like there's much that th- throws James Franklin for a loop, but he even admitted that that one kind of threw him by, by surprise. Yeah, what's um, he going to say? I, and I, don't want, I wouldn't want to hear the fly. I wouldn't want to hear the fly on the wall interaction. I'd like to hear the voices in the respective heads when the conversation was happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that would have been the one. Like, just, you know, because they might say one thing, but they're probably thinking something else. Maybe not, but I, I would just love to hear it. I, I feel like with Bill O'Brien, it's like, it, we all knew Bill was going to go back to the NFL. So, like, I think he's like, must suck to be you. And James Franklin's probably like, must suck to be you to work for Bill Belichick because of what a hard ass he can be. So, you know. Um, and the, the coordinator uh, thing, I just, to, to the coordinators, I think they're more comfortable. And this is totally overthinking it and whatever else, overthink Monday or overreaction Monday. Because I think Coach Franklin's more comfortable. I think college football in the past five years has come to him in a way that's been very beneficial to him like it's gone because the, the, the shot on him the first couple of years on oh, not an x's and those guys manages the program right i mean that would just be the thing and it, it ticked him off a couple of times and he reacted at news conferences but it's now true more than ever that you're managing you're managing an industry and a business and you need to know the x's and o's and i'm not belittling that but his his talent it seems like and expertise and where he wants to be is managing the industry managing his company and that has been a more necessary skill the past few seasons than it was the first couple of years he was coaching college football. So I think the game has come to him some. He's more comfortable in that role and he's letting the people do their jobs, maybe more now than he ever did before. Well, and I think that came through for me. The clear sign of that for me was the Manny Diaz hire, right? Because this is somebody else that has sat in that position. And it wasn't like they were sitting at that position at Little Sisters of the Poor. This was at Miami. This is, you know, really one of the top. Well, maybe not one of the top tier programs right now, but on paper, powerhouse, blue blood, you could put them in that conversation for sure. And to me, that was okay. Like, I know what I'm good at. I know what he is good at. Let's make that work together. And I think James Franklin is always going to be a strong recruiter. Manny Diaz is always going to be a strong X's and O's guy. And I think you marry that with somebody then and you get, you get that going. And then you've got Mike Yersich, who again, strong X's and O's guy, um, it starts to work well. And I think you're starting to see some of those tailwinds kind of pushing the, the ship along um, for me. Um, I think the only other interesting thing that I caught is James Franklin doesn't like his dogs, apparently. Um, so if anybody, I, what I want to find out is what, what types of dogs does James Franklin have and, and what type of dog does do the kids want? Did the kids want and wonder what that conversation was like? Hey, dad, we would like a dog. Like I, that was to me and not just one dog, but two dogs. There are apparently two dogs. Doesn't like the second dog. Do you think it was gotta a shot? Got to be a small dog. I, I think it's got to be a small dog. I, I think you, and you have a, you have a big dog. We have two smaller dogs. Um, but you have I smaller, miss- low maintenance dogs, right? There, there's, there's, a, there's a higher. No, they are not low maintenance. They are, they are crackheads. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. No, I think that is what James Franklin is experiencing. If he has small dogs, because <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he, uh, I think he's got small dogs. Uh, maybe I, I, my, my other conspiracy theory is it's a, it was a, it was a veiled shot at Georgia. It's like, it's like a Taylor Swift Easter egg where it's like, <laughs> just talking about bulldogs and dogs. Where are you hopeful? <laughs> Because uh, there's, he said something about two dogs, which means two national they championships. Twice in a row. Way to go! Yeah, see, Woo. let me spin my conspiracy. We got all the jewels for that thing yet? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. excited. I'm good. I'm good. Um, all right. Anything else you want to discuss there? No. No. Clearly, that discussion has gone to the dogs. So let's move on. That was terrible. I hate it. This is the You're weirdest just sorry episode. you opened it up for that. Oh, God, this is the weirdest episode. Okay. Oh, um, speaking of dogs and yep. ducks, um, Big Ten got a little bigger. Um, apparently, people didn't. People nice. in the Pac-12 didn't like the. Uh, media deal that they were put in front of them, which was sounds like an Apple streaming TV deal. Um, so let's start there. Are you surprised that this happened, Steve, or does that, was this just delaying the inevitable now speeding up the inevitable? It, it was delaying the inevitable now speeding up the inevitable. It That's should have been the two LA schools were not enough ever. They were not the right, they were, they weren't big 10 school. I mean, they were schools for the media markets. They are not college football schools. Look, I'd rather go to Seattle. I'd rather go to Oregon. Like those are college football trips. Those are going to be fun. I mean, I can't wait to see when they're on the schedule because those are going to be trips. I don't know that anything would encourage me to go to Seattle, go to LA to see college football games, other than the bowl game that I've already seen there. So no, this was this was inev- inevitable. This is also the fault of, no, this isn't the fault of. This is proof that folks on the West Coast don't watch sports, right? Like the LA's LA may be a good media market for the Big Ten, but people aren't watching those games. No, that's why their media deal wasn't worth anything. Like mm. the linear networks knew nobody's going to watch these games. Who's going to watch Washington and Wazoo? Like not to belittle them, but they're not going to get the numbers that Ohio State and Michigan are going to get. So their deal wasn't worth it for for what they were getting, or they were getting what they were worth. Um, they're worth they're worth more to the Big Ten, and, and it's good for them. And they probably need. I can't, you know, get big enough to have two divisions <laughs> and the big 10 goes back to East and West is still tough on Penn state, but no, this, I think this is good for the very good for the big 10. I think it's good for fans. I know you think otherwise um, it's places I want to go. It's new places to see, um, but it's, it's all TV money. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not, you aren't us, the fan, we, the fans aren't driving it. It's the TV networks getting content. Yeah. I, I am not a, in in my head, it makes more sense that it's Oregon, Oregon and, and Washington joined the Big Ten just from the aspect of their athletics and slash the schools, because I think there is some value to being a Big Ten school in terms of the degree that you hold. Um, but I think it's I, I just I don't know. I'm not a fan of it because it 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 is going to end up hurting people like me and you that enjoy going to games like and i think the everybody's like well now you get washington and playing penn state or washington playing ohio state or you know you get the 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 couple good matchups that you know you kind of get out of this but what about washington and rutgers like who's going to be watching that or oregon and rutgers at at 10 30 at night like who is going to be turning that on and and to me from the football standpoint, sure, like you can live with it. But then once you expand the expand out to the other Olympic sports, basketball, um, you know, baseball, really any of the main Olympic sports that you might tune into, volleyball, although volleyball, it probably does help because it makes the that conference the strongest, best conference in the country. But I just, I feel for those athletes that are now going to have to take a bus to Harrisburg, then take the, the Harrisburg to wherever flight all the way out to Seattle or all the way out to, to Oregon. Um, and I think also, you know, you, you said you will make a trip. 
do you think you'll make the trip twice? Like, like, I don't think we will make the trip twice. We will go once and that's it. Just to, because once we, each place, right? Yeah. Once yeah. each place. And I, I wonder, I don't, I don't have the alumni association list on my screen or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I, I would be interested to hear from somebody in the alumni department of here's how many Penn Staters live in here and how many of those we think will actually go to the game. Yeah. But your ticket allotment on a road game is what? 2,500 tickets, maybe 5,000. Yeah. But you right? buy, I haven't, I've bought, I've been to a hundred and some Penn state football games in the last decade. And of those away games. So that maybe like call it 50 games. I bought through the university once, maybe twice. Like I think we, most people go off StubHub. Um, so I don't know. That's. I mean, I think they'll sell their first trips out there easily. Sure. Um, it'll be the second ones and we'll see. Yeah. And, and then in the other sports, I do feel for them. Although, and then at the same time, I feel there's a solution that the egos of those people in those sports will not allow them to have happen, right? So before me even, before you and before me even, women's sports had these things like they would, and it was when women's sports weren't as legitimate, they had like play days, right? Four schools would go to Maryland and play like three games at a time, right? Like you'd all go to one location to limit the trap, but I see your face, right? And that's, those other sports are going to say, well, but that would be a solution. Hey, we all come to Nebraska and we play a round robin of series games over the weekend. Everybody gets two or three games in in the sports that, that that allows for, right? Or you have a travel partner and you go out west. Like, I think there are solutions to this that are that are okay-ish, but that will not play in the ego world and the Title IX world and the, hey, why do we have to be second-class citizens world that has changed in recent years because they were second-class citizens for years and it's changed a little bit better now and they're getting more, you know, Penn State, Pat Kraft, we're going to invest in our programs, we're going to do whatever, this is the exact opposite of that unless you're willing to really spend to send them there. Right. So there's going to be a lot of interesting conversations there and challenges for those sports going forward because of this, right. Cause the decision wasn't made about them. Not at all. Yeah. But the football money supports them. So, so that's sure. the challenge, right? Like you're going to smile and take the money or, or bitch. Right. So, but I don't know. Like, I feel like we're going to hit a point where like, I guess like we have to stop looking at, at athletic departments as athletic departments of largely nonprofit universities or state universities and start looking at them as universities that universities that really have this side business, I guess would be the best mm-hmm. way of, and, and maybe that's, I just worry about that because I think you're going to lose. I think you're going to, what I'm been th- picturing Penn State will now play essentially if we count the four schools, um, the four schools out West, we count Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan. They will play probably at least two of those at home per season now, maybe give or take. Now we're driving up ticket prices and like we're driving like fans are what make the 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 college experience, the college experience. And we're driving them out. And to me, I just. Like that is what is that is why I watch college football. Why I'm so engaged in college football is because I feel a part of it. And the second that we start to go to diet NFL or NFL Junior, we're gonna lose that. And so, wow, who do you I sound just, like all of a sudden? Shut up! God. I got my pro team. I don't need it. Well, and, and if it if it weren't a business, right? I mean, we just talked to two public address announcers that they've hired to make their product better. We've talked about them selling beer to make their product more profitable. 
it has been a product, it has been a product to the folks at Penn State and other places. Penn State may be shorter, shorter than some other places, but the good places, it's been a product for the past decade if they've been doing it right. Maybe five years for a lot of places, right? Right. So that train's already left. They're already viewing themselves as that because they're hiring commissioners who are TV executives. They're hiring ADs who with, with sports management backgrounds. This isn't roll out the football or roll out the basketball and play just because we're rooting for the laundry anymore. And, and, I, and I think it's hypocritical of those folks, especially. I don't think it's hypocritical of fans that complain, but I think it's hypocritical of the folks who are part of the sports industrial complex to then complain that, oh, our student athletes are going to have to travel. Well, stop up in the ante. Stop, stop trying to do whatever. I mean, it, this is self-imposed and I have n- very little empathy for them. That's a hundred percent. I agree with that one a hundred percent. And I think we're only, we are only headed closer to a union forming of, of student athletes. I, I think it's, it's going to happen. Maybe not within the next five years, but I think in a decade, I, I think you're going to have a, a union because you're going to have to, you can't, you can't strap, you know, women's uh, field hockey players and send them across the country. Well, you know, every weekend now, because that's essentially what some of those schools out West are going to do. If the the news that we were joking about before, but there is a little bit of news related to Cal and Stanford, they might be joining the ACC, which makes no sense given that the ACC is the Atlantic coastal conference. Um, (laughs) But we'll get to that argument another day, but those are the, at least Stanford is the number one athletic department in the country mm-hmm. in terms of, of the Olympians that they produce. UCLA is up there in the number of Olympians that they produce. USC is up there. And you're going to start schlepping them commercial all the way over to insert Miami or insert Clemson, South Carolina. Like it, it's just they're athletes are going to have to start sticking up for their rights and it's, it's coming. It's coming. Right. Well. And, and if they do it, and if they do, there's a couple possible outcomes, football becomes separate. Right. I think that's and, the way to go. And, and, and then you just do the rest of the athletic stuff or it's the model of, Hey, there's going to be one week. There's going to be one. There's going to be four weekends. We're going to compete this month. Every month we're going to compete. One weekend's going to be in Oregon. One weekend's going to be in Nebraska. One weekend's going to be in happy Valley. One weekend's going to be in Maryland. Right. And, you just everybody goes there and you get in and the students, student athletes, players, depending on the sport, because I think football are players. I'm, I'm not, not going to go student athlete with football players anymore, have done this in high school, summer leagues, AAU stuff, travel field hockey. They've done this. They've gone and played tournaments in multiple places and multiple games over the same weekend. So it's not a different model for the sport. It's a different model for college athletics. So it, they'll, they'll either do that or they'll find a way to raise more money in the sports industrial complex to make it possible for them to travel. And again, with Zoom anymore and classes that are remote, I, I don't know that the missed class time has to be such a big issue because we, we've solved that the past couple of years. I mean, I know we're, we're going back the other way now, but I, I don't think that's a huge thing. Um, it, it's going to be fun to watch though. I mean, see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm just not excited. I'm not excited. I'm really not. Um, would you, the athletes have to stand for, stand up for their rights. Would you stand up for the fans' rights and not go to Oregon on the first trip? Shut up. I don't like that question. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, but, all right. You, I mean, I, I'm inter- what I'm interested in is I've got a couple for, look, I, I am, 
I am of the weird 1% that literally spends all of their time and figuring out how they could get all of their money to cover the cost to go to football games mm-hmm. in the fall. Right. And then I've got a couple of friends that are probably maybe two to three tiers lower that they will go to Maryland and then they will say, okay, let me pick one other game that I'm going to go to, whether it's this season, Ohio state, uh, Michigan state, they'll, they'll pick a, a game or two. I think you're going to see less people that at least, especially the second time around, you're going to see less people in of that pool of people going to, to Seattle or going to, I to Oregon. I, I, I will say I am excited to go to Seattle. Like I, I, I've not been to Seattle yet and I am excited to see Portland slash, you know, Eugene um, just because yeah. I've heard it's beautiful, but I don't know. I, it's still, no, not... it's not like hopping in the car and driving to Pitt every other year or driving to West Virginia. Right. Going exactly. To no, it, 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 there'll be less people the second time. No doubt about it. Yeah. Or maybe the third time because the second time people will get tickets. They didn't get them the first time. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing I, I've had an issue with uh, Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and I had a conversation on Twitter about this. But I, conversation, yeah, it's a conversation. Is that every conversation with Biddy is a conversation? Okay. Um, uh, I he he brought up the the regional rivalries thing. That thing has really annoyed me about all of this. It was, it was like I think the Washington AD was like, "Yeah, we're, we we stay committed to to keeping the wazoo, you know, this, the Apple Cup going." And then same thing with the Civil War in Oregon. No, you're not like that. You made this move because uh, you you don't want to play those rivalries. You want to go play and get in the bigger spotlight, and those games are going to give you a bigger spotlight. Um, and if they keep moving, if they keep playing those games, I'd be tempted to go to one of those games as opposed to a UMass go homecoming game at Penn State just to watch it. It is funny. It's funny you say that because we've, we've been discussing this. So we are Anna's in um, Anna's aunt and uncle live in Oviedo, Florida. They are UCF season ticket holders. Their whole family is UCF season ticket holders. And we have actually like joked around about that, but there's a, there's a game. They all went to, a lot of them went to JMU. And so JMU is going to play UCF in the future. We might go to that game in, in a few years because you do want to go see other things, but I, I don't know. I, for me, average fan that's going to watch it on TV. Like I'm still going to tune into Texas versus insert sec, other sec team mm-hmm. over, over the apple cup or whatever it may be just because, well, I, unless, unless, unless for whatever reason, Washington state is the number one, two top. 10 oh, I know. It, it goes back to the first thing we talked about. I mean, pac 12, schools whether it's the east coast bias or lack of attention right those rivalries just haven't meant as much to the mainstream media i mean why wazoo's known most in college football for the flag on game day 100 percent. yeah 100 i mean no shot at them sorry that was a shot at them but i mean that's what more most college football fans know them more about that and then ryan leaf than anything else about washington state i was gonna sit here and say like how many cow players can i name but i can name two marshawn lynch and aaron Rodgers. but after that i can't name that many and that's um, in your area, and in my era, more people know Cal for the for the, the band game. Right. right. I mean, you know. Sorry, Cal. Hey, Sorry. but you know what? Welcome to the Berkeley. ACC. Good, good, uh, good degree at Berkeley. Um, so go get your good degree. Um, all right. Anything else you want to pummel? No, we've beat up. No, we've no. I'm done. I've got the limit. I'm beating up on people. Good? I'm good. All yeah. right. 
All right, this week's old guy, young guy. You're unprepared for this because we forgot to even discuss. No, this we didn't even talk about. Oh God. Um, no, you're good. It's no, no quiz. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you. Uh, I bought. Well, it was more gifted something, but I, uh, I, I got something. Um, I got the Penn State Nikes, and I want to okay. know Steve's opinion of the Penn State Nikes. No. 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 Would opinion. I buy them? Opinion? No. Because I, you know, they you but you were gifted them, so they're they're great. Okay, I think it's a great. I love. I mean, you, I think it's a great way to show your school spirit. Okay, that sounds. That was the most canned answer that we've ever gotten on this podcast. <laughs> well, it's. I'm not a shoe guy, as as you would note by you know lawn mowing shoes and everything else. So yes, will you wear them with pride? Yeah, they're, and that's they're all that incredibly comfortable shoes. Well, then there you go. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. Like I, I feel like Steve would be like, no, they're ugly. Or no, that's weird. It's kind of like wearing a jersey. That's what I was looking for. But that, apparently, that's not Steve. So no, and I and I yeah, it's probably yeah. You can still wear a jersey. I'm too old to wear a jersey. I had a Zach Mills jersey when he was the thing for a hot second there, and that's probably my last Penn State jersey. I don't know. I might stop wearing a jersey. It might be wow. That's that's old. Like right, I'm going to turn thirty and thirty and. Uh, in january so you can get through this season yet okay when did you stop wearing jersey like 35 like when you had how long ago was zach how long ago was zach mills 2001 too so that was 22 years ago okay okay glad we had that conversation um all right glad we had this conversation as always it was the highlight of my week um Probably going to put something out on the blog later this week about football. Actually, yes, I am going to put something out on the blog about football. Um, I'm going to try to – we're going to do offense this week. Well, I'm going to do offense this week. I'm just winging it, not telling Steve this plans. I'm going to write about offense. Next week, I'm going to write about defense, and then I'm going to write about coaching decision. And then you'll get our season preview, my season preview. I don't know what Steve's got planned. And then when you'll get the game preview, the week of the game. This is really like being married. Because I find out about shit when we start talking like this in front of people. Sorry. Like, this is the same way. Like, I didn't tell you, Steve I, about this. I, and, and, and the running joke with, within our home life is I'll find out stuff when Susan tells people over dinner or we're with mm-hmm. them. Hey, we're going to do this. Hey, we're gonna, I'm like, oh, really? Steve, we are? Steve, Get the hell out of here. You have the content calendar, number one. Number two, <laughs> it's an open door policy on our blog with you. You and me. It's, <laughs> all right. Um, my I'm good for like one thing a month. The seats thing. Hey, you know, yeah, you're you know, good. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um. So we've got that coming. I think we might have a newsletter. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe next week. Are you okay with next Actually, week? Actually, I have to that? add the content. Yeah, maybe next week. Because I've got, I've got some exclusive stuff mm. on, on broadcast stuff, NBC stuff that mm. nobody else probably has. So mm. we have that. There's Mr. Stamsel. Um, dropping names. Dropping names. Um, okay. And then little, there might be a little announcement next week. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and then um, we've got the YouTube page somewhere in this general vicinity. There's a subscribe button. Please hit that. Um, if you are listening in podcast form, please thumbs up five stars. Uh, we really appreciate that. Steve has an email. It is Steve at stuffsummersays.com. I was checking my NBC notes. Sorry. Okay. You got me started. Um, I have an email. It's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Uh, the website is stuffsummersays.com. Um, we've got a newsletter. You can sign up for that. Uh, we've got uh, social media handles. Social media handles. Those are those are those are important. My Twitter handle is at stuff. Summer says Steve says at Steve Samson. Other than that, uh, 
We're another day closer to college football season. I'm excited. Me too. Can't wait. Okay. Bye.